Welcome. You're listening to The Sacristy, a podcast where we seek to learn, discuss, and exalt in the faith delivered once for all to the saints as it has been passed down in the Anglican tradition. I'm Father David Bumstead, the rector of Emmanuel Episcopal Church in the Audubon Park neighborhood of Orlando, Florida, and I'm joined by my sterling co-host, Father Matthew Ainsley, the vicar of All Souls Episcopal Church, a church plant in Horizon West, Florida. We're real priests with real jobs and real churches, and service times are in our bio. We'd love for you to join us for worship if you're ever in town with us. Yo. Yo. Happy December. We are, here we are, in Advent. That's it. Yes, a blessed Advent to you. And you. Um, what, 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 what have we been doing for keeping our Advent? You know, Advent is not exactly like Lent, but I think it's good for us to have a little extra emphasis, a little extra practices, I think, during Advent towards Christian holiness. What have you been doing? Well, one of the things that we've been doing at All Souls is I put together this Advent devotional guide. Oh, I saw it. It's really good. Where I'm really trying to get people into the offices. We don't have a building yet, so we can't have offices (laughs) in the parish. We can't move the third grade class out. (laughs) They got to do their school The bell starts at 840. (laughs) (laughs) And... So what we're doing, it's basically an, an abridged uh, office. I gave them both morning and evening prayer. Sure. And then I'm focusing on just one lesson per day. So this week we've been uh, in the epistle. Uh, so going through uh, Second Peter. Second Peter, yeah. And then I think we're going to hit Jude tomorrow and, and, and jump through Jude before the end of the week. Wouldn't and, take long. And so just trying to give expose people more and more to the prayer book because it might sound odd to maybe non-anglicans or non-episcopalians but sometimes people really have never prayed the offices yeah some people don't necessarily know what's in the prayer book um, Mm -hmm. even even in our tradition and it's a gift to the church Uh, it's our ascetical path it's benedictine spirituality sure it's changed our lives yes and Praying is important, so we want to we want to encourage people to pray. So that's been really good, and in concert with that, I've been I made the commitment. Oh yeah, <laughs> the vow. You're crazy. I, I, ma- I made a hasty vow that I was gonna write a reflection. Yeah, on the lections that rhymes mm-hmm. every day throughout Advent. So I've been praying the office, and then just it's really a stream of consciousness thing. It won't. It won't get me a book deal. It might. But just something to say, hey, let's think about this together. And, sure. Uh, as, as we're reading this and meditating upon the word. So this morning's reading was good. Yeah, this morning's reading was really Second good. Second Peter. Yeah, Second Peter. I, uh, we were talking about it uh, not too long ago, actually, because it, it's kind of funny. Because in this little piece of Second Peter, we actually... Um, read Peter being kind of Peter. I mean, like it's very personal because uh, within that text, we actually um, see Paul or uh, excuse me, Peter take a, maybe a small dig at Paul. Uh, he, he calls Paul beloved, but then he, he proceeds to say that um, some of the words that he uses or the, the way that he, uh, the, the way that he presents his ideas in, in his letters are, are kind of confusing. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Father Matt just put it right in front of me. Uh, the, the quote is this. So also our beloved brother Paul wrote to you according to the wisdom given him, speaking of this as he does in all his letters, it's the wisdom given to him, of course. 
There are some things in them hard to understand, (laughs) which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do with the other scriptures, which is like so great. So on the one hand, he's uh, like kind of taking a small dig maybe at Paul saying he's like, oh, he's kind of confusing at times. We've all all been there. Yeah, we've all been there, man. (laughs) Uh, But on but perhaps what he's really getting at is that it is the unstable and the ignorant who uh, seek to use Paul to 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 uh, to twist and to kind of mm-hmm. like turn around. Uh, you therefore, beloved, since you are forewarned, beware that you're not to carry be carried away with the error of lawlessness and lose your own stability. Um, I we were reading it today here in the church because we do have a building and uh, and we were praying the office and I kind of giggled during the during the reading of the scripture just hearing that um, that piece from Peter. Uh, and really sort of the proof is in the pudding because yeah. j- earlier in the letter, he talks about um, no prophecy of scripture has its origin in the will of man, right. but men spoke as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So Peter making a prescient statement yeah. like he does about how we would feel about some of Paul's writings right. uh, shows in fact that he, uh, he's speaking beyond. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, Even God saying, you know, dig in, drink your coffee, you know, before you yeah. you come to certain Pauline texts. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. dense. They're dense. And we're they're wonderful and we're thankful for them. Of course, always. But it's funny. But it's funny. It's funny. It's, yeah. It's As funny. I take a swig of my Red Bull. Yeah. It's funny to think about like Peter and Paul being like normal, not normal because they're apostles, I suppose, but like regular human beings in flesh and blood and like respecting each other. I mean, Paul... Paul's described as beloved by Peter, but we know they had their disagreements and we know that they were dudes and we know that they, you know, had this ministry together, but it spanned, you know, the greater part of the ancient world. But the idea that they knew each other and like had that kind of relationship, probably not hostile, but probably not super friendly either. I don't know. I always find, I find that compelling to think about, well, that's, I mean, that's like the church. Like we, we do love each other in spite of difference and all mm-hmm. those things. And we do work towards the greater, uh, towards the greater kingdom. Anyway, this isn't about our reading from the daily office today, but <laughs> <laughs> it came to mind. Yeah. That's a great section, uh, of scripture. Yeah. yeah. Re- read it. Read it. Yeah. Read the office. Read it with us, please. Um, especially cause as I said to father Matt, man, I don't remember the letters of Peter as well as I thought I did. So it's been a great review for me. Really some amazing stuff in there. really is. Well, uh, we are taking a bit of a fast from the calendar this week. There wasn't too much happening on in the, in the little book that we use, The Lesser Feasts and Fasts. Uh, so which it, I one of my uh, mentors once said, well, Advent is a penitential season. So take the fast. I said, <laughs> All right. Um, and we did like 400 people yeah, we, in episode seven. Yeah. So I think we're good. Yeah, that's right. Our calendrical piety is where it needs to be. I think so. I think so. Well, Father Matt, the Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Merciful God, you sent thy messengers, the prophets, to preach, to preach repentance and prepare the way for our salvation. Give us grace to heed their warnings and forsake our sins, that we may greet with joy the coming of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever, and forever and ever. Amen. Amen. 
So we're doing a lesser feast today in the season of more or less fasting. Yes. Uh, it is in preparation for the second Sunday of Advent. Um, so if you're listening to us this week, we will be looking at this, the uh, lessons appointed for second Advent, which include Isaiah 11, 1 through 10, Romans 15, 4 through 13, uh, the psalm is uh, Psalm 72, 1 through 7, and 8 through 18 through 19. And the gospel is Matthew 3, 1 through 12. What do you think, Father Matt? We start off strong from Isaiah, right? I mean, it's like... Well, there's so many different things that you can do. Maybe we can just kind of go lesson by lesson. Sure, yeah. You know, I'm of maybe three or four minds. Part of me is like, you know what? I'm just going to just teach through the lessons yeah and do like sort of a a lecture style sermon which is not (laughs) never which is not really my style or the best thing to do but um there's so much meat in here it's like guys let's not miss any of this it's so great i feel like whenever i do that I, i i i get really in the weeds um and i get and i have a tendency to be very boring yeah but you're better than me at that well what would you where would you start father well let's You know, Isaiah 11, you know, it begins in verse 1. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. So it's talking about the Messiah, of course. Right. Jesse being uh, David, King Mm -hmm. David's father. David, uh, Jesus Christ being the son of David, but also his Lord. Yeah. And it's talking about the things that, the Messiah, uh, yeah, the what, things he's gonna do. What is he gonna accomplish? What's what's the justice gonna gonna look like? We're looking for a Messiah, but what are we looking for, right? In that in that in that search, what can we expect to find? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there's all that the, those wonderful eschatological images you know those images of of what it's going to look like when you know as he says at the end of the passage when the earth is full of the knowledge of the lord as the waters cover the sea right then the wolf is going to live with the lamb the leopard's going to lie down with the kid uh kids are going to be playing with snakes yeah all these sorts of different things well uh, this is the the cursedness and the enmity is going to be gone i love this image you know the nursing child you know the the small baby right will play over the hole of the asp you know this sort of the most dangerous creature that could have possibly come to the mind of isaiah right this this sort of venomous horrible snake and i love that 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 image of just a baby just chilling, hanging out, being a baby over the one of the most dangerous places in the world, you know, to Isaiah's mind, uh, you know, as revealed by the Lord as like this adder's den. The wean child shall put its hand on the adder's den. I mean, that's like, oh, my gosh. Um, I mean, I don't have children, but uh, I can imagine that you and your wife would probably want to keep your hands away from a fire ant or you cut your kids aunt, uh, hands yeah, away that, from... that wouldn't be great yeah so yeah and then there's this in isaiah tor- towards the end of the passage where it's talking about you know they will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain yeah so whenever we're talking about mm-hmm. a mountain 
we're talking about a temple. And whenever we're talking about a temple, we're talking about a place where heaven and earth come together. Right. And so this is the, the marriage of heaven and earth. This is new heavens and new earth. Uh, even here in chapter 11, which, you know, he gets to fuller explanations as he gets later into the book. Uh, but it's, it's all about uh, the Messiah and the world that he's going to bring. What do you make of uh, what do you make of this righteousness and justice language, Father? <laughs> I, I'm I'm thinking especially the verses. Um, he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. You know, I, I think I think when 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 moderns read that, we 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 get kind of scared because we don't like to think of of justice being uh, as heavy handed. But I I you've you've often mentioned this before. Um, that the the God working um, surely against the wicked is like one of the great things of the scriptures. You know, the great hopes of Israel is to see the wicked really and truly taken care of. Um, you know, even by the by the by the strong hand of Almighty God. It's we have a tendency when we talk about uh, justice, when we talk about judgment of God putting things right. And especially when we hear the word uh, judgment, you know, we tend to think of a law court sort of right. scenario yeah, yeah. And, and perhaps purely in a, in a punitive sense. Sure. But it's both there's judgment in a negative sense and there's, there's judgment in a positive sense of putting things right uh, includes necessarily the punishing and the banishing of evil. Otherwise like justice and peace are not going to happen if, if, if wickedness is allowed to go on unfettered. Yeah. But it's, it's also the positive of, again, that putting things right of, of God's saving faithfulness, you know, in the, the book of judges, who are the judges? Were they guys with, with gavels? No, no. There, there were men and women who were delivering Israel, saving Israel from uh, their, their oppression and their, uh, being downtrodden and, and all of these things. Right. And so we, we have to read it with, with both senses. We can't screen out one or the other. And it's interesting too, that, that uh, when we see God deal so strongly against evil in the world, the wickedness of the world in it, that's when we see the things that we really love to reflect on, right? The wolf living with the lamb, the leopard lying down with the kid, the calf and the lion uh, and the fatling together, the little child leading them. Oh, that's one of my favorites. Um, the cow and the bear shall graze, or young shall lie down together. After, after injustice and wickedness has been dealt with by God, true, true peace is possible. And that's what I think we're seeing. Yeah. And look, look at the way, like, okay, we were talking about mission just a little bit ago before we started recording. But on that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples, right? The nation shall inquire of him and his dwelling place shall be glorious. I mean, how, how, how do we, how do we not like just stand in awe of, of that in our churches, you know? Because um, we have the root of Jesse standing and, uh, and presiding over us in our ministry and his ministry does indeed stand as a signal of the peoples. The nations will always inquire of our Lord and savior Christ. May our dwell, may his place where he dwells be glorious. Mm -hmm. 
And there's two in that last verse, verse uh, 10 of Isaiah 11, the last verse of the pericope, the, the nations. I, I think what mm. you get in in all of the readings and kind of transition to the psalm right now sure. is the totality of the reign of the Messiah mm-hmm. that it's, you know, like jumping, uh, jumping to, um, you know, Psalm 72, uh, you know, the, the King's son. And, uh, you know, if you look at Psalm 72 in total in concert with the rest of these yeah. passages, that the Messiah, his reign is over all the earth from the river to the ends of the earth, from one sea to another. Uh, it's for all people, Jew and Gentile, which Paul gets into mm-hmm. uh, in Romans 15, our epistle. And uh, it's for all time. Like his reign shall have no end. Right. And, and that that is, Paul is not sort of, uh, let's reach the Gentiles and then like going back and mining it and manipulating the text. You can go all the way back to the call of uh, Abraham in your seat. All the nations of the earth are going to be blessed that God's plan was always uh, to reconstitute, if you will, uh, the human race, the human family around his son, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, which includes both, both Jew and Gentile. Again, going back to justice and righteousness, thinking about how uh, the, the, the first verse of Psalm 72 is about justice, right? Give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to the king's son. And not, and not in the kind of way that um, we think, going back a couple of weeks to Christ the king, we're not talking about, you know, this sort of capricious, uh, you know, usurper. We're talking about, like, the Lord God, creator of the universe, that he would finally rule. I mean, we're, I'm, I'm always thinking about those series of books that N.T. Wright put out, you know, the past few years about, you know, the gospel being about the kingship of, of, mm-hmm. of Jesus and, and the kingship of God. Because he will, he will rule righteously. He is the one that will will rule with equity. He is, uh, he is not totally concerned about his own power because he has it without question, right? Um, and he is the one that will bring uh, prosperity, righteousness, defense to the needy, and rescue to the poor, uh, and ruination to the oppressor. Which is like, you know super exciting for the ancient Israelites. And I think maybe ought to be more exciting to us <laughs> to think of God and, uh, on top. Yeah. Were, you know? Yep. Absolutely. Um, and then again, in, in uh, Romans 15, mm-hmm. um, you know, Paul, uh, quoting from the old Testament, you know, the root of Jesse shall come the one who rises to rule the Gentiles, and him the Gentile shall hope. And you, you had mentioned N.T. Wright. And one thing he's always emphasizing is that in Messianic expectation in the Old Testament, it was always king of the Jews, therefore the Lord of the world. So we see right, right. back here in the prophets of the reign of the Messiah is not just for one particular group. And, I, you know, we, we need to see the calling of Abraham uh, not as a calling to like an exclusive club, but a calling to vocation that this human family 
ultimately culminating with Jesus Christ himself is going to be the means by which God would rescue the world. Yes. Yes, indeed. Which really kind of plays into the gospel, right? Like what John says to the gospel. We have Abraham as, uh, what does he say? Do not presume to say yourselves we have Abraham as our ancestor, right? Is how he kind of begins to unpack the ministry of the Gentiles, even before he uh, goes further than that. But Oh, yeah. Uh, you're continuing that theme in the gospel. Yeah, what, what, um, it's like God is able from uh, these stones to raise up children uh, to Abraham. Yeah. And... I don't know. As I sit here, I'm, I'm suspicious if there might be a little play on words going here because Jesus is uh, the stone that the builders rejected. He's the chief sure. cornerstone. And, and God does indeed, through his son, raise up heirs from Abraham. That's, yeah. that's Galatians 3, 20, yeah. 28, that all of us who are in Christ were children of Abraham, heirs of the promise. That's what Paul says. And so God does actually, he ends up doing what, what John's, He's saying, look, it's not about, you know, your genealogy <laughs> right. uh, and your and your ancestry. Um, a contemporary example might be like, oh, just because your your family went to church and you're raised in a Christian family, that doesn't mean, oh, well, you know, I guess you're good, right? Yeah. You're okay. I mean, you you know, might be in a, in a lot of ways in a better position, <laughs> but uh, it does matter. Your heart matters. The affairs of your heart really do matter. Sure. Yeah. Well, and, and to that, I mean, going back to Romans, we're skipping around here, but, you know, um, you know, welcome one another. Therefore, just as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God, mm. you know, um, like like Father Matt was saying, you know, that the, the human family is invited into the ministry of the Messiah. You know, I, I think when when I think of Romans, I'm thinking about a, a, a book that is written to a community that is a, a mixed body of Jew and Gentile and like trying to figure out how that works together. And so, well, how does that work together? We'll welcome one another, therefore, just as Christ has welcomed you to the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the circumcised on behalf of the truth of God in order that he might confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy as it is written. Um, so, that welcome of the Messiah, that, that guarantee of, of, of the ministry to the Gentiles. We talked about this uh, very recently in our, in our most recent full episode, that the, the, the guarantee, the blessing of repentance being available to the Gentiles and how, how incredible a guarantee and how incredible a blessing that is uh, for the world and as we reflect on the coming Messiah mm-hmm. who makes all of those things present to us in the cross. One of the things I've been meditating upon, and this connects back to a lot of conversations that we've had both here on this podcast and elsewhere, is I'm like, how much is the coming of the Lord like on my radar, right. on the radar of like the average person sitting in the pews? Like, is it just like when we talk about it, is like, oh, that that's really weird. But beyond that, like back to the Borsma episode, uh-huh. it's like it's like, do we really long yeah. to see God and to be united with Him, or are we we content uh, to stay here? Like, are we actually grounded in like the narrative of redemption 
and like the hope of our coming king. Yeah, are we, that, if are, we're not, then yeah. Advent doesn't isn't really that exciting. Are we Peter on the Mount of the Transfiguration? You know, is content to dwell. It's good for us to be. Good here. for us to be here, or are we? You know, ready to follow Jesus down the mount, even into the, and Mark especially, even down to the harshness of, of ministry on the ground as we await the coming of the Lord. I did some reflection recently, and and I and I really thought about how. Um, at Advent, uh, is is sent is an essential aspect of Christian vocation, that we are truly the people of the Advent. Not only because we are we live in the faith of Christ Jesus that He has come, but we everything we do right is kind of part of that awaiting Him. So this this idea of of waiting on Jesus so that we're ready for him to be here so that we, you know, live in this kingdom. Um, yeah. I mean, it, is it really a present reality to us day by day? I don't know. I don't know if it is for me, um, but I know it should be. Yeah. And one of the ways that we make it present, I was struck by this reading through the lessons in Romans 15, four through 13, Paul says, Whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction so that by steadfast, steadfastness and by the encouragement of the scriptures, mm. we might have hope. It's one of the things we were talking about last week at All Souls in my sermon. It makes it sound like we, it was like a dialogue, like people were yelling out <laughs> their thoughts. But one of the things that I was talking about in the sermon <laughs> and one of the things I've been trying to drive home in conversations with people is like, how do we keep Advent when like the world is already at Christmas? And how can we have like this hope that we're talking about right now? And one of the main ways is like, you know, we, we keep the offices and we read these scripture readings that are focused on the arrival of the Lord so that like our souls can be steeped in the things of the age to come. And so if we never enter with our hearts, like the life of the church, right and we never enter the scriptures, then we're, we're not going to be grounded in that hope. We're going to be putting our hope in this present age, which to come full circle back to second Peter this morning, he's saying th- that's, that's passing away. Yeah. Well, how did, sec- <laughs> how did second Peter start? How did the lesson start from the daily office? Great, great full circle. <laughs> what, what sort of people should we be? Which, which, what should we be like? What are, what are we like? Hmm. You know, and, uh, you know, to, to kind of mix Peter with Paul here, you know, and, and thinking about Romans 12, we are the people that are meant to be conformed to the pattern of Christ as we await him in his coming. Yeah. That's Romans 12, right? Romans 12. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, and and so we need to, to, to jump to, to the gospel before we land the plane. Sure. Like, we need to hear the call of John the Baptist, which is not this buzzkill, you know, uh, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Oh, well, tell me to repent of my sins. And no, th- these are warnings, the warnings of the prophets in general and John the Baptist in particular. This is the love of God. Mm-hmm. Like without Christ, we're going the wrong way on a one way street about to head over <laughs> And they're saying, turn around so that 
we when he comes, he'll find us faithful and we can participate yeah. in the life of the age to come. The commandment is it's unto life. He he does he God's willing that none should perish. Yeah. And so the prophets and John that they call us to uh repentance and they try to prepare us to encounter uh the living God and John's serious about it. I'm thinking a little bit about doing a biography on John. Like, like who is John? What does it mean that he's the new Elijah? Yeah. And all these sorts of things. And why did he dress the way that he he did? And, you know, his function even now in the life of the church. And, of course, a, a gutsy preacher to uh, turn people away from baptism. The Pharisees and Sadducees yeah, yeah, trying to yeah. get baptized. And he says, no, <laughs> he says, you brood of vipers yeah. who warned you to flee from the wrath to come bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our ancestor. It's not enough, guys. Mm. Yeah. Presumption. Yeah. And um, it, it can be. It can be painful to have the Holy Spirit through his word and through the church and through other people like like diagnose our brokenness and call us to something better. But that's the only way that we're yeah. going to become what God has created us to be. And the, the other option is to not do a 180 <laughs> and to keep to use a medicinal metaphor of salvation to, to like keep getting sicker yeah. instead of through our union with god you know to receive this this medicine of salvation it's interesting you know one of those great preach we all have our preachers tricks don't we but you've already kind of mentioned that repentance is in itself especially in the greek a, a spatial metaphor right like you know, we've mentioned this before i'm sure on this podcast or maybe we haven't i don't know uh we've been doing it so long right um, <laughs> <laughs> years years uh, but that, I mean, yeah, I mean, there is that literally that turning around, you know, when when we read that in the New Testament, especially we, we read a turning around from the direction of the flesh, the sickness of sin towards our health and God. And I think that helps us to understand that, like, I mean, as much as we might feel like repentance is the super bad buzzkill. And as much as we hate being convicted of our of our problems or told that we have them at all, that health is actually guaranteed to us in in, in Christ Jesus, should we just turn to Him. Um, it's the again a, a great and again to change the metaphor, like uh, that medicine right of um, when you have a burn, you know, you've done something to yourself. I know. I, I'm really bad with the stove or I'm just a klutz in the kitchen, you know, and I'm a decent cook, but I'm still all, all, all 25 fingers of them. Right. And I'll burn myself. But, and you know, when you want to treat the burn, that unhealth in order to, for it to get better, you have to put some medicine on it. And when you put the medicine on, it sucks, <laughs> right? It hurts, you know? Um, Unless you've got that really expensive stuff, but I got I got money for that. So, yeah. but it, so to treat the wound is to endure more discomfort. But we know that in order to get better, we have to treat the wound. And so I think 
yeah, I love that. I love that that medicinal uh, metaphor that you've used because it is true to life. I mean, you got to set the bone, right? That's not great either. But we know if we don't set the bone, it's going to continue to twist and gnarl and affect our movement and our yeah. quality of life. Yeah, and so we do this Sunday at Mass, want to pray this collect with all our might. God, yeah. that you, would, you would give us grace to heed the warnings of the prophet, forsake our sins. Why? Why? So that we can feel like garbage? No, that we may greet with joy the coming of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. No, so that we can participate in the age to come, so that we can become what we were created to be. Yeah. Uh, and that's a that's a process. I mean, the, the Christian life is a life of repentance, and I find that really exciting. It it can be discouraging. Yeah. But well, as sin sick as I am, you know, I I don't love I don't love the chastisement of the Holy Ghost, but you know, um, I do know in my heart that what Christ has in store for me is better even even in this in this this world of toil that my life in christ is better and then especially in the world to come we sound like i feel like we sound like old baptist preachers like hey man uh your life is better in christ now and i think it's actually true though yeah yeah they're 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 right and the reality is and I mentioned this morning in my little like stream of consciousness reflection that I wrote is the Apostles' Creed. There's a line in the Apostles' Creed, which is a many advent mm-hmm. from thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. Like that, that's the reality. I mean, John says, you know, he's going to, the Messiah is going to burn the chaff with unquenchable fire. And so, yes, life in Christ is, is better. And we have to, as we come to the word, or we don't have to, I guess, but we should <laughs> like want to understand like who God is instead of like trying to make God into something that we're more comfortable with. Mm. And I believe we'll find that God is better than anything we could have imagined ourselves or made him into. I think you're right. And especially when we, yes, father, especially when we, yeah, I mean, we'll look at what going circling back once again, we're in this weird ellipses today, but, <laughs> but this, we're like the epistle of James. Yeah. We just keep <laughs> yeah. coming back to the same stuff over and over. Well, it's maybe good. this is a way we're we can company. conclude is just like, well, what is God interested in doing? Right. And why would we want to run from somebody who, um, when the spirit of the Lord rests on the, on the, on, on the, uh, the root of Jesse, we see spirit of wisdom and count and understanding a spirit of counsel and might spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord and delight in the fear of the Lord. That, that these are things that are, that are, these are things that we should want. Uh, and then look at what happens, what, how, how that is enacted in, in life and uh, in, in life in his, in his reign is this incredible peace where all of these horrible, uh, you know, creatures in conflict are then brought together in harmony and look at what Romans asks us, perhaps even better, what Paul commands and encourages amongst the Romans is harmony, um, that, that the life that Christ has guaranteed for us, even now, right, even, again, in the toil that we have in front of us, that it is possible through the Holy Spirit, through the ministry of the gospel, 
for us to live lives of, of peace and righteousness. It's better than... Yeah, the church is called to be an advanced sign of, of, of what Isaiah describes. Yeah. Yeah. That's just better. It's better than what we're seeing on, our, on my Facebook feed, which, <laughs> thanks be to God, goes unlooked at right now. But <laughs> Oh, man. They're going to actually take Facebook back to you have to have a .edu address. It's going to be just for college students, like back in the good old days. Fine. No one even <laughs> remembers that except us because we were in college when Facebook came out. Yeah, I, we, just, uh, we just aged ourselves. People know we're old, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so how we're, we're going to wrap up actually taking um, – we're going to do a, an abridged office. Yeah. This is the – devotions for individuals and families in the 1979 american prayer book and you can find these starting on page 137 of your prayer book if you have one or you can actually also find it online as well in many many ways but um as father matt is encouraging the use of the daily office and his own uh the, the spirituality of the people at all souls you know i often uh tell my folks here at emmanuel like okay if, if you don't have time for the offices there's no excuse. <laughs> Get any of your prayer books. Uh, there's plenty for you that in the spirituality of the prayer book that takes even less time than the offices. Yeah, and I think that's a good starter. If you're interested in the prayer book, this is a good place to start that gives you the structure. And you could take the, there's a place for a scripture reading. You can read the verse they have printed there. Or you could take one of the daily office readings and, and plug it into one of these devotions. Yeah. And and five to seven minutes start to be steeped in the you know ways of the prayer book and that rhythm before lord willing you move on to right uh, morning and evening prayer so what are we doing here well this is called uh it really is just a, a, a an abbreviated evening office and i think the best way for folks to kind of enjoy it with us is for us to really just uh listen to us and let, let us just go for it so um i'll lead it if you want to follow along i'll tell tell you when to jump in sound good sound good all right together let us pray O gracious light pure, pure brightness, brightness of, of the ever-living father in heaven, heaven. O, o jesus, jesus christ, christ holy and blessed now as we come to the setting of the sun and our eyes behold the vesper light we sing your praises O god father son and holy spirit you are worthy at all times to be praised by happy voices O Son of God, O giver of life, and to be glorified through all the worlds. It is not ourselves that we proclaim. We proclaim Christ Jesus as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. That the same God who said, Out of darkness let light shine, has caused his light to shine within us, to give the light of revelation, the revelation of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Let us offer uh, those that are on our hearts to God in prayer. Almighty God, I do pray for your church that you would create in each one of us a longing to see your face and that Lord, through uh, prayer and sacrament and through um, meditating upon the scriptures, we would be rooted uh, in the hope of your coming and in, in the hope of your world, your way.
Blessed God, we pray that you would watch over our congregations as we indeed pray for the whole church, but we are pastors for all souls and Emmanuel churches. We pray that you would uh, help them flourish, mm. uh, enliven the hearts of our sheep and us, uh, and animate us towards the working out of your gospel in Christ. Amen. Our Father, who Lord art in heaven, heaven hallowed be thy name. Thy, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Lord Jesus, stay with us, for evening is at hand and the day is past. Be our companion in the way. Kindle our hearts and awaken hope, that we may know as you are revealed in Scripture and the breaking of bread. Grant this for the sake of your love. Amen. Amen. Well, blessings to you, Father Matt, on uh, this coming Sunday for your people. And uh, You as well. Uh, thank you. Um, it's, yeah, I'm, I love Advent. It's so great. I love these, I love these weeks, and I love the celebration of the Eucharist during Advent. And the third Sunday of Advent, you're going to be at an amazing church, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> we can talk about that later. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Very good. Well, uh, we hope you've enjoyed our, your time with us, uh, and we've obviously enjoyed our time together. We pray that it is an edification and encouragement to you, as always. <laughs> Father Matt is making the weirdest <laughs> face at me. <laughs> All right, guys. Blessings. Have a great day. <laughs> <laughs>